0: pittsburgh steeler fans welcome into to another edition of the steelers q a oh man forgot to stop the music my bad <laughs> uh, let's pause this here and uh welcome into the show uh apologies about that uh, hope you could hear me anyway but hey we're here we're live it's jeremy betts with you here on the steelers q a sunday night again conference championships are underway no spoilers, please. I'm not watching the game right now. I'm going to go back to it later. So let's let's uh, keep the game scores out of the comments here. Just kidding. If you need to talk about it, let's do it. I've got a special guest with me uh, today. I really enjoy having um, Daniel on the show as always. Uh, Daniel, how you doing, man? Thanks for coming on.
1: I'm doing well, man. Just kind of here enjoying the uh, the Sunday. watched a little bit of football, yep. uh, a little bit of stress-free football, unfortunately. Yep. You know, it's uh, it's not the Steelers, but right. you know, it is. It is what it is. It is a good day, man. Um, enjoyed watching this game that's currently going on right now.
0: Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun to watch, and you know, as Steeler fans, um, most of us are probably very excited that the Baltimore Ravens took a dirt nap on Sunday afternoon and uh, are not in the championship uh, game in the Super Bowl. Um, you know, a lot of Steeler fans, understandably, have kind of um Uh, are tired of the Kansas city chiefs. I'm one of those people, you know, they've been, been doing this a long time, but again, you're watching greatness too. And that's something to, to watch as well and something to enjoy. Um, You know, I, I don't know how you are Daniel as kind of more of a, a global football fan or, you know, Pittsburgh Steelers only, but, you know, getting a chance to watch a guy's perform at the highest level is pretty pretty awesome to watch as well even if it's not your team it does hurt if it's not your team but uh getting to watch some of these guys play has been been a lot of fun what do you think
1: oh yeah for sure and you know me I'm I'm mainly steeler centric but mm. uh, for the most part but I do enjoy watching some of the other teams that are out there I know you know majority of some of the players that are out there especially here in the playoffs these are some of the better teams in the league uh, so i I can kind of tell you a little bit about their, their stars, so to speak. Uh, but yeah, you know, up to this point, you know, just kind of watching these games and these teams, you know, kind of get, it kind of lets you measure up how far maybe the Steelers are from being a, a team that could be uh, in one of these championship games in the next few years.
0: Yeah, it does. It, it, it gives you a kind of a clear understanding of, of kind of what you need to, to be in that spot and I think that most of us would agree. Offensively, you really just need you need a transcendent quarterback, or you need a transcendent play caller, <laughs> one of the two. An offensive scheme that that leads you both places. But I mean, defense has kind of been the story too uh, of the of the year uh, with the way the Kansas City Chiefs have played on defense. When you when you talk about what got them to the Super Bowl, um, it, I would say that it was more that defense than it was even Patrick Mahomes being great, but you did see big plays out of them. So there, there's just a, you know, depth and, and, you know, technique and just how, how far um, some of these teams are away from what we've seen from the Steelers the past few years and, and the philosophy or not the philosophy, but the culture in big game moments has to change as well. You've got to be able to rise up in big games And I think that that's where we're seeing some separation. But, um, you know, I I just think that when you're talking about this Pittsburgh Steelers team and where they're at right now, they've they've got a lot of questions. And and we're going to get to some of those tonight. And the the ongoing conversation really right now is about the offensive coordinator. What's the offense going to look like? Who are the Steelers going to bring in? Um, News broke today on Sunday that the Steelers did interview Arthur Smith for that offensive coordinator position. Uh, Go ahead and give us your thoughts on... On that, Daniel, before we get into the uh, questions on the live chat.
1: You know, I think the Steelers are going to kind of work this out the same way that they worked out the last time there was an offensive coordinator position open, and that is they're going to bring in quite a few people. Uh, You know, even though they had Matt Canada as the guy the last time and they knew they were going to go that way, there were several, several uh, candidates that had came in uh, that time as well. So even if they have somebody they have their eye on, or that they've already selected and think that maybe that's going to be our offensive coordinator. They're going to do their due diligence and go through uh, those that are available. To me, I think that if they end up landing on an offensive coordinator, you know, there's an air and they get into the building. If that person's going to be the OC, they're not walking out of the building, not the OC. So the fact that he left and he's not the offensive coordinator, um, I don't think so. I think they're waiting on maybe somebody, maybe one of these guys that are currently uh coaching still. You know, I think that there's been a lot of you know uh rumors about Kubiak 49ers, stuff like that. So yeah, we'll see what happens after this game.
0: We will, absolutely. There, there's gonna be plenty more news in this regard. Uh when it comes to Arthur Smith specifically, you know, a, a lot of fans are gonna have mixed feelings because you, you talk about a guy who in Tennessee Led an offense that that went to an AFC championship game. You know, they were a run first, run heavy offense that made things easy on their quarterback uh through play action. They did have a star wide receiver in AJ Brown at that time and a stud running back uh in Derrick Henry and an offensive and defensive lines um specifically that were really, really good that year. Um they just they made games ugly, like the Steelers like to do. Um, and their offense was a little bit more explosive than anything we've seen from the Pittsburgh Steelers the last few years. So a lot of Steelers fans look back at that and say, well, when he was an OC, it looked pretty good. then some of us, we look, we look at the, sorry, uh, we look at the uh, Falcons tenure and how some of his stars would just disappear at times. And it, it felt like the game plans were, um, just not quite there and, and, you know, that he wasn't able to elevate his quarterback play. So I think a lot of Steelers fans are going to have mixed feelings about that, but he is a guy with experience. He is a guy with a track record of, of putting together offenses that compete in big games. So I think that that plays into this whole conversation here.
1: For me, I think that maybe perhaps those two guys can, you know, I don't know if they're going to end up keeping, keeping, Eddie Faulkner or not, but if they don't, I think those guys might be candidates for the running running game coordinator. know, in the pre- in Tomlin's post year press conference, uh, when asked about the offensive coordinator position and and the influence on the quarterback position that they that he wants, he was said to me at least it appeared that he wanted an offensive coordinator that was. Um, you know, that more of that was the passing game was more of their expertise. It's kind of the sense that I got. And with Arthur Smith and uh, the gentleman out of Carolina, Brown, I believe is his last name, Thomas Brown. Thomas Brown. uh, I believe that those two guys have more of a, um, you know, they got more of a background in the running game aspect of it. And so uh, I'm not sure if they're going to fit the mold, so to speak. But, you know, uh, I I don't think that when Mike Tomlin went in for his interview that he was – you know, a guy that the Steelers were probably, you know, looking at, I think he knocked them off. There's, you know, knocked the stocks and, and the yeah. uh, uh, history was made.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, there's plenty of candidates out there that aren't flying high on the radar, you know, <laughs> they're flying under the radar. And uh so you're talking about a guy like Gerard Johnson, um who came in, that's a guy that kind of out of left field a little bit. But you know, when you talk about guys who have uh have put together good seasons for a young quarterback. He's definitely at the top of the list when you look at what CJ Stroud looked like this year. And uh, you know, a lot of that can be attributed to Bobby, Bobby Sloick as well. Um But that, that's a, a team effort. All the coaching is a team effort when you're on the offensive side of the ball. And I think a guy with quarterback uh, experience definitely has a play in that um it, it is going to be very interesting to see how they go. Cause Tomlin mentioned, you know, Yes, we're going to add an offensive coordinator, obviously, but also open uh, to adding other position or other coaching positions on that side of the football to improve the overall flow of the game. I, I think that that could be a big deal. And uh, with with Mike Sullivan getting interviews um, out and about, uh, I don't think he's coming back. Obviously, that would have been a stretch for him anyway with a new offensive coordinator coming in. But I think that, that he's good as gone. So you're probably looking at getting an OC and a new QB coach right off the bat and then seeing how that all flows. Maybe the, if the offensive coordinator comes in and he has a certain way, he likes to see the offense blocked and schemed up on the offensive line. Maybe the Steelers change offensive line coaches. So there's still a lot of questions to be answered here. um, And it all starts with getting that coordinator in the building. Let's uh, throw up a question here from Jeremiah Yoder. Thanks, Jeremiah. It says, hello there, Jeremy. What's your feeling about our Pittsburgh Steelers going forward? Looking forward to seeing our Steelers in another championship game, game I hope, sooner than later. I hope so too. Um, Daniel, uh, what's your feeling about the Pittsburgh Steelers going forward? Do you think that they're um, maybe a few players and, and a good offensive system away from being able to contend for this, uh, for an AFC championship, or are, are they a little bit further away in your mind? Um,
1: I mean, you know, I think that there, there's some players that could make some jumps that are currently on the team that could improve. Mm-hmm you know, this team without having to add certain players, you know, maybe even move some, some individuals. I'm not sure if, you know, maybe moving a Broderick Jones to the left side. Um, I know that Chicks core four is still, you know, on the, uh, on the roster for next year, you know, um, perhaps it, you, you get something for him in a trade and, and you can, you know, fill in that spot there. But I, I think there's a lot of holes on this team. Um, a lot of holes, especially on the defensive side. I think that the uh, inside um, defensive lineman, that's a big yep. question mark. Larry Ogunjobi's been injured his entire tenure with the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's played, and he's played through injury, and we haven't seen 100% of him. Uh, but, you know, with it's starting to become the consistent thing is that we're not going to see 100% of him. Yep. You know, Cam Hayward, he's getting up there in age. And, you know, DeMarvin Leal you know, probably one foot out the door already if he doesn't show something, you know, this offseason. And so – uh, or in training camp so you know I think that that's a question mark the middle linebacker position is a question mark you know yeah. Cole Holcomb suffered a very major leg injury as well it wasn't something yeah. that was you know a, a sprained ankle or, or anything like that it required surgery and and who knows if he's coming back the same he had been having injuries prior to that Elandon Roberts uh is a guy that you know I think he's probably I'm not sure even if he's under contract but if he is, he's up there in age as well. And he's a little bit of a liability in the passing game. Mark Robinson isn't the, uh, you know, a guy that I think you can lean on. So the middle linebacker position is, is still very much a question mark. And then you also have the safety position uh, alongside yeah. Minka and also another cornerback position alongside yeah. uh, Joey Porter. So I, I think that is it possible that they can go in and fill all these positions and, and everything work great, whether it's in the draft and for agency, maybe, but it, it's a lot of holes in my opinion to fill up um, that you're going to be able to really contend unless you're real healthy throughout the year.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm kind of of the opinion that, it depends on the players you're talking about <laughs> yeah. um you know there there are support pieces obviously that you you need um i think that if the steelers somehow some way landed or found a top 10 quarterback this offseason then you you change the narrative a little bit there because you've got all of a sudden a guy who can be a reason you win um and not just a reason you don't lose <laughs> Uh, If that makes sense, you know, it, it, there's a difference there. Um, And so if, if it's Kenny Pickett and Mason Rudolph that come back next year, and we'll get to some Mason Rudolph questions here in a second, then I think that you're, you're in a spot where you just don't know. And and if one of those guys makes the leap and starts playing like a top 15, top 10 quarterback, then maybe you can uh, put yourself in the conversation for divisional round or, or championship round uh, contest Potentially, but like you said, I'm working on an article right now um, talking about um, the players' side of the of the ball or side of the team and how they need to address this off season to become a contender and not just you know a competitive team that if they get to the playoffs there nobody really takes them seriously um, because they're they're just not quite up there with with the other teams that made it alongside them. Um, and so a, a lot of what I'm focusing on is the middle of that defense and it's from front to back all the way all the way from defensive line to safety you've got to do some improving there you've got to start you've got to add some some youth some athleticism some speed um I, I think up front you need to add some some power uh some run stopping ability uh it's been a while since the steelers have had the guy that that you just know is going to take up two or three blocks and stuff the run on first and second down. It's been a while since they've had that guy. So maybe they go that route this year as well. And um, you know, they've got some pieces uh, to, to work with, but there's just going to need to be a lot of work in the middle of that defense for sure. And then on offense, you figure out the OC, you figure out the quarterback um, and a lot of those issues on offense might fix themselves. If you get a good system in place and a quarterback who can run it efficiently. Um, let's, let's talk it about those quarterbacks here Brian Brown says heaven forbid the Steelers bring back the quarterback we know works and I don't mean Pickett he's talking about Mason Rudolph obviously Brian Brown's mm-hmm. been a an avid supporter of of Mason Rudolph especially recently um what what do you think about the Steelers uh bringing him back and giving him a chance to fight with uh Pickett to battle with Pickett for that starting quarterback spot
1: You know I think it's a a bigger chance than what a lot of people think you know there's been a lot of the uh You know, I've watched like some of these sports media guys that are out there in Pittsburgh and I'll I'll listen to these sports beat writers and they'll say that, you know, uh, Rudolph is out of there. They have no interest in bringing him back. But yet, you know, everything that I've heard from the team, the players, Mm. uh, the coach, you know, Mason Rudolph himself, it seems like the Steelers want to do business with him. Now, whether or not it 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 happens, that's that's a different question. Right. Um, But I do think that they're interested in him. I do think that if they do bring him back, he's a guy that you probably want to compete with Kenny Pickett. Uh, yeah. the reason being is if you're bringing in a I don't know Russell Wilson, uh, are you bringing him to compete for a first uh, first starting position or are you bringing him in to be the starter? you know the same thing Devil, can be said yeah. for cousins
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: so Rudolph is probably one of those starters that you can see be somebody to compete for him that it is going to be a competition. It's not going to be one way or another. There's not, you know, at least this time around, I know that they've done this before and it really wasn't a competition then, but at least this time around, I think that they can have a fair competition. And I think that if Mason Rudolph feels that he can have that fair competition and a fair opportunity to start, I think he's going to come back. Um, you know, it also probably depends on the offensive coordinator, the scheme yeah. things like that that they want to run and, and their preference in quarterback. But, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he comes back, to be honest with you.
0: Absolutely. Hey, let's play a little game of either or here. Um, with with ya. Um, so let's say the Steelers do hire Clint Kubiak as their offensive coordinator. Um would you rather have Mason Rudolph back in the black and gold, or would you rather not sign him and then sign Sam Darnold with Clint Kubiak as the offensive coordinator?
1: Uh Sam Darnold with Okay.
0: Take Darnold over Rudolph. I would too. I I, I agree with. Oh, that. Oh, you
1: said Rudolph or Pickett. I'm sorry.
0: No, I would you would you re-sign Rudolph or would oh. you let him walk and then re, or and sign uh Sam Darnold with with Clint Kubiak as your offensive coordinator. So that's with situation,
1: yeah. In that situation, uh, I, I would probably want you know um, Darnold just because of the relationship that he has there. He already understands mm-hmm. the playbook. Uh, but in that situation as well, if you're Coach T, you're bringing in somebody who's bringing in that that quarterback, I don't really think there's a competition there. You know, yeah. uh, you're going to see, uh, I mean, who do you think Kubiak's going to lean towards as far as who he wants to be uh, the starter, the guy that he's worked with, knows the system, um, he's, been, he's been with him for a while, or the new guy that has had 24 games under his belt and hasn't looked very great.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely Darnold <laughs> in that type of situation for sure. Um, you know, it is interesting when you, when you consider the fact, I, I really think like if the Steelers bring back Mason Rudolph then that's their free agent addition at quarterback, they're not going to bring in yeah. another free agent there. They'll probably draft somebody at that point. Um, Joe Milton, the third in the fourth round. I'll take that any day <laughs> of the week <laughs> with that uh, type of situation. But, um, and, Hey, let's, uh, let's do this real quick, Daniel. Uh, we'll keep talking about, uh, the quarterback situation and the Pittsburgh Steelers here on the second half of the show but we're going to go ahead and take a quick break here uh on the audio side if you're listening live we're not going anywhere stay put we'll be right back here on the Steelers Q&A all right and we are back here on the Steelers Q&A Sunday night talking offensive coordinator talking quarterbacks uh answering your questions in the live chat we appreciate you all uh coming uh onto the show and and giving your input and everything. Hey, let's talk about, um, let's talk, keep talking about the Mason Rudolph uh, situation here. Um, Do we think the Steelers will bring back Mason? We, we talked about that, um, that there's been conflicting reports, but that from inside the building, it does sound like that they are very interested in bringing him back. And so we're going to have to see, I think that he is going to be high on their list of those mid tier free agents, um, if, if they're not going to be able to land a high end free agent, and, and I don't know how many of those there are, I, maybe you just won in Kirk Cousins, and he's going to command almost $35, $40 million uh, a year. I don't know how the Steelers make that work. Um, mm-hmm. so I, you know, I'm really just thinking about this from the perspective they've, they've obviously invested draft capital in Kenny Pickett. It's been two years with the worst offensive coordinator in the league. So they're probably sitting in building saying, well, we can't really evaluate him in full yet. Let's get in a guy with a proven track record of 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 calling plays and, and scheming up offense. And let's see how he does in that. And that's year three. And you bring back Mason Rudolph, or you bring you don't get Mason Rudolph, so you bring in a Jacoby Brissett or you bring in a guy that's gonna be kind of the veteran mentor to Kenny Pickett for a year. And then from there you make your decision. Are we going bridge quarterback? Or are we drafting somebody high? however it it plays out. That's how I kind of see things going here. So I don't think the Steelers bring back Mason and go get another free agent quarterback. I think it's Mason or any from a list of other players, and that's kind of how they will handle business there. Um, But as far as the quarterback situation goes, that's obviously going to be the big talking point all offseason, but you know, the Steelers did invest a lot in Kenny Pickett, and they're going to try – to see how it plays out, and you know if they think that the offensive coordinator was the bigger issue, then Kenny probably gets a, a third chance here. What do you think?
1: Um, no, I don't think he's going to okay. have the biggest chance that uh, that that you're thinking. Uh, you know, in in Tomlin's presser, he said that you know he was QB one. It's a big year for him, and those things are true, regardless if he was the starter or the backup, year three is a huge year for anybody who was drafted in the first round. You know, when when Mason Rudolph was in a similar position back in, what, 2020, offseason 2021, when they drafted Pickett and he was the only quarterback on the on the team, he was talked about as being QB1, and Kevin yeah. Colbert talked about how if they had to start a game that week or that day that they'd be comfortable with him and, you know, giving him his flowers and sure enough, he really didn't even belong in a competition. He wasn't really thought of in the competition there. So when I hear Mike Tomlin go in there saying, yeah, he's QB1, but certainly there's going to be some major competition coming in. That that tells me that, you know, I think that there is going to be some true competition and he's going to have to show up. Now, I, I don't know about the I know that Tomlin says he has the intangible stuff, right? You know, the, yeah. the, the, no blinking, the, you know, not getting tight, but it's the tangible stuff that, that he kind of lacks. And I'm not sure he's going to be able to outshine some of these other guys, whether it's Rudolph who has a bigger arm than him and who's more accurate down the field or anybody else who in shorts is going to show better than him. So I, I don't necessarily think that that's the case. um, now, could they because he's a first round pick and and, and all this, like as you mentioned, maybe, you know, I, I had heard, you know, I don't know how good they were, but I heard some rumors that the, you know, the Steelers were considering benching Pickett before firing Canada and it ended yeah. up turning out to be that. So, you know, if they were already going to that and benching him, that's not a good sign. You know, he's had 24 games. You know, he you you can you can walk into a good game. You know what I mean? Eventually, just kind of with a, with a with a with a blindfold, you can just accidentally bump into a good game, and, and and really he never really never had one of those breakout games, and you know, I think I think he is what he is after twenty four games. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I
0: agree with yeah, I agree with you there as far as we've kind of seen, we've kind of seen everything he can do, you know, and maybe not in the best scheme, but he well, does let me have ask you this real quick. Limitations. Do,
1: do, do you? Do you think you know what you have in, in, in Mason Rudolph? Do you think you know what kind of – is he a QB2 to you?
0: He He's a QB2 to me, yes. I, I don't think he's a, a starter. But, you know, I, I could be swayed on that. You know, I, I to me, I think the Steelers have been so um, set back by the scheme that it's hard to really tell anything. I mean, George Pickens, you know, we, we see the flashes of it. But the superstar talent that I think is is there just hasn't really popped all the way yet. And I think that that has to do with scheme. Uh, I don't think that ne- that necessarily has to do all the way with the quarterback. Um, mm. But I could be I'm- wrong about that, too. I, I just th- don't think that he was utilized to the best of his ability. I don't think that Matt Canada utilized Kenny to the best of his ability either. So. And I'm not a Kenny Truther over here. I'm just saying that the Steelers, you know, put a lot of (laughs) put a lot of stock into him. He's the hometown boy too, if you will. And I just think that he's going to get a third year when you look at the way it's all set up, unless they go after the big name free agent quarterback.
1: Right. No, and I understand that, and and you're 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 probably right there. But like I said, as far as you know, was it the quarterback? Was it the offensive coordinator in the past? Uh, there was a play uh, specifically against the the Vegas Raiders where it was a slant play right in front of Kenny Pickett. He's looking at George Pickens. George Pickens is is naked open, and he don't throw it. He turns around, runs around, and then throws it somewhere else. No, that's not on the coaching. Um, You have, after the Cincinnati Bengals game, George Pickens talk on his post-press conference game and say, personally, Mason Rudolph took more shots. You know, that tells me because, they, you know, the, the the question's been asked, was it, you know, did you guys be, become more aggressive? Did the Steelers become more aggressive, you know, once um, Mason Rudolph got into the game or was, you know, that skill in play because of him? And I think that to a certain extent it is. Now, when, when you say that, you know, what we have in Mason, I, I feel that if we know what we have in Mason, we definitely know what we have in Kenny. Mason has had half the games. Mason hasn't had a single offseason where he's the guy. He hasn't had a single offseason where he's the guy and they tailor the offensive game plan again for him. He has had to work for, um, you know, Ben Roethlisberger's game plan and Mitch Trubisky's game plan his entire career. And with that being said, in half the games than what Kenny Pickett has, he has a lot more of the numbers. I mean, I, I don't have them in front of me, but I can pretty much guarantee yeah. they're significantly higher than what Kenny Pickett has in the touchdowns and, you know, yes. yards per uh, attempt and, and and across the board, especially in the last few games. And so I, I I'm not sure they're going to give him, you know, that job, especially, I mean, you know, you know how the fans were last year with the fire Canada yeah. stuff. How long do you think they're going to give Kenny if he's struggling in his three and out city over and over again? And we have, a Clint Kubiak or, yeah. or, or one of these other OCs. How bad is that going to get?
0: Yeah. The first half of game one, <laughs> they'll be calling for his head. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely.
0: So, um, yeah. And there's a lot of support for Mason Rudolph, uh, amongst the fan base after what he did at the end of the yeah. year. And so I, I do agree with, with you, you know, like the, the sample size for, for Mason has its own set of, of holdbacks. Right. I mean, uh, coming in for Roethlisberger in 2019 with, with, let's be honest, an offense that was without Antonio Brown, without Lev Bell, it was not a good group. Um, that the offensive line was starting to fall apart. Um, you didn't have much speed on the team. Uh, it was it was rough. So you've got to give give that into play. Um, mm-hmm. And then also considering the fact that he was overlooked and overlooked because of that season. Um, and then finally they went to him and all of a sudden the offense looks totally different. It it does give you pause. And, and there's a lot of people, um, that, that are saying, you know, he's, he's got, he's got a shot to be, um, a quarterback that can take them places. I, I could see him being a starting caliber quarterback, but I don't see him being the answer to the Steelers getting into the AFC championship game in 2024, (laughs) if that makes sense. So, Now, that's why I would say, yeah, he's probably more, he's probably closer to QB2 than he Mm -hmm. is to um, a a top 10 guy, you know, a guy that's going to lead you um, to a a divisional round appearance, uh, an AFC championship appearance. Um, So it remains to be seen. Obviously, we will continue to watch this play out. And the first chip to fall has to be that offensive coordinator. Oh, yeah. All right, Daniel, let's uh, move on to a question from Afton. She asked it a while back. If you can have anyone who would be your coaching dream team, let's just do head coach, offensive coordinator, and defensive coordinator here. Daniel, I'll go first, give you a chance to think about it. I've been thinking about this one for a minute. So I'm going to say Mike Tomlin's my head coach. Um, I like Mike Tomlin. I think he's a a, a great leader. Um, I think that, you know, he gets his team ready to play. Now, does he have some issues as far as scheming things up uh, or – you know, picking coaches Uh, we've seen some of that, but some of that has to do with ownership kind of tying his hands behind his back a little bit as well, I believe. So I'm going to say Mike Tomlin's my head coach. And then if I had to pick anyone, anybody right now, I'd take Ben Johnson for the, for the Detroit Lions as my offensive coordinator. Um, And then I would take, I would probably go get Brian Flores to be my defensive coordinator. He was on the staff last year. Um, I think that they should have probably retained him if they could, um, and let him stay in house as The DC gave him a promotion there and let uh Terrell Austin, uh, go. So I don't know. That's just, that's just my opinion, but I would go with those three guys as my coaching staff. If I could pick anybody right now, that'd be my coaching dream team. Danny, you got a, you got a coaching dream team here.
1: Uh, if they were all head coaches, like if I was using a head coach as an offensive coordinator and a head coach okay. for a defensive coordinator, I can do that. Um, yeah. You know, I, I too, I think that if, if that was the case, you know, because here's the thing, I, th- I would think that it depends on the situation, obviously. So okay. if, if you have a defensive head coach, you need one very strong offensive coordinator to run the offensive side, but typically in those situations you end up, I mean, those offensive coordinators leave for head coaching jobs. So typically, right now, if if it was just like, you know, I would probably go with an offensive head coach just so that wouldn't happen. But in a in a okay. you know in a fictional world where I can choose whoever, I'd probably go with a coach T also as a head coach just because of the way he, you know, motivates and has the respect yep. of his players and, and and everybody across the board and across the NFL. And on the offensive side. I don't know, probably Matt LaFleur as the offense coordinator, defensive side. Um, you know, I, I mean, I was going to go Brian Flores, but you already had said that, so sure. I'm thinking, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I would probably go old school and go maybe get a like a Rex Ryan back.
0: Okay. Yeah, somebody who plays a little fiery defense, you know, somebody yeah. who's gets some boys fired up, old school, hard-hitting defense. Yeah, I like that a lot. Okay, hey, let's do this. We've got another question from Russ Obenstein. Uh, Russ asks, "Has anyone looked at the draft yet?" I like Lasseter from Georgia, Oline Frazier, center from West Virginia University, and 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 T- Jeremiah Trotter. I think is probably who he's talking about there um, from Clemson, the linebacker. Um, I've been looking into the draft. I'm I'm sure you have too, um, Daniel. It's just you know part of the process at this time of year, and you start to kind of gather your, your thoughts on the class and kind of maybe more of a 30,000 foot view, right. Of the draft class, like what positions are strong and, and deep um, you know, the types of, of position groups that the Steelers might target based on their needs. um, And, and then also, you know, just looking at players uh, that stood out from the college football season. And obviously most of the talk goes to quarterbacks there, but you know, one of the guys that I think a lot of Steelers fans are going to be familiar with already is Frazier. From West Virginia uh, because he he plays a position of need for the Steelers um, and then you know he's close he's part of the backyard brawl um, he's close to uh, he's a regional guy so um, that's a guy that people are going to be familiar with Um, tell us Daniel just a little bit about what you've done as far as draft look right now and what might be exciting to you about this draft class
1: well, I'll be honest with you. I'm more NFL centric, so the draft is something sure. a little bit, yeah, a little bit outside of what I, I look at. I've looked at a few things. I've looked at players um, right now. I've looked at Fraser. He's he's a, he's a, isn't he on the shorter end?
0: I think shorter so. I think he's like six six one, six two, something like that. Let me take a look here.
1: Yeah, see, I, I, I'm not. I'm not on the. I'm not on the train of small. You know, uh, centers anymore. After the uh, Kendra Green experience or experiment, I I I rather have a guy that's going to be out out there and, sure. and getting the job done, and not going to be getting pushed back into this into the quarterback so often. Even Mason well, Cole take, is struggling with that.
0: Yeah. Let me take it back. Uh, he's six three, three ten. Okay. So he's yeah, he's, he's getting there. Man. He's not a big center like uh, who was the guy from Wisconsin last year that went to the Jets um six five three twenty uh i can't um can't remember his name off the top of my head now but yeah he he was a big center and a lot of steelers fans liked him last year but so this guy not quite as big but moves pretty well you know he's not he's not as small as as green was but um
1: yeah, no, I mean, if so he's not fair. that small, then I mean, if he's if he's actually 6'3", and that's not a fib, right. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, that's around the size that you kind of want. I think he's been dealing with an, with a knee injury, so you're probably going in with the season with Mason Cole, and you're probably not looking at him at all this entire year because, well, one, Coach Tomlin never plans for failure. So the team yeah. that he puts out there, he plans on sticking with that team the entire 18 weeks at 17 weeks of, of the season, right? You know, he doesn't have this plan where he's like, all right, I think that, you know, um, Levi Wallace is going to be slow after week three, so we're going to start implementing Joy Porter. You know, th- that doesn't happen. His, his his plan was that Joy Porter is going to, you know, come in on certain stuff and, you know, get him acclimated, but that these guys are going to be the starters. And then maybe next year, you know, have a real competition, but because, you know, his play was so much better than what the other Guys were at. I think he kind of forced their hand, so to speak, and, and I think that that's going to be the case more or less. Especially if you have this position uh, with Frazier, he's not going to be a guy that's going to be capable of starting. Uh, Tomlin is huge, huge on on developmental phase of football, and 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 the rookies being a part of that, which is training camp and things like that. So if, if you go out there and get a Frazier, there's a good chance you're not going to see him until next year. So. Yeah, you know what i mean I, i'm not sure that's the route you want to go um you know what round do you think they'd get him in like the third or fourth do you think he'll 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 last there
0: he he'd probably end up being a second or third round pick yeah it is my 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 guess um because he he's gonna top out the class probably at center or be be right there yeah. um so he's gonna be one of the top two guys at that position and so you know a team teams start to go after positions that of of need in that second round a little bit more so you might start to see those centers go off the board a little bit quicker i think he'd be one of the first couple to go
1: yeah i mean you, you're so you're selecting him with one of your first probably like you know top 100 draft picks you have a lot of holes uh, to get somebody that's probably not going to be able to play into the following years that i think you need to to fill in you know um even if you can get a, a center, you know, in free agency, I think that that might yeah. be the better route when it comes to that position, unless there's another say, center. Yeah. It'd be cheaper too. Yeah. Uh, uh, unless there, or it, it could be cheap unless there's a center Definitely. out there in college that is, um, you know, really, really good, but somebody that can really come in and, and possibly be a guy starting in training camp. Cause I think that's right. what you need, you know, for the Steelers to have somebody to start, in that position right away, especially the center position. I mean, you know, the, the calls and everything that has to happen from that position from uh, as far as a preparation standpoint a knowledge standpoint, it, it's a very important position. So I, I wouldn't yeah. see somebody coming in with an injury not being in training camp playing at all at that position.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, I, you know, I look back to what the Steelers did with Kendrick Green where they converted him to center and said you're you're our starter. <laughs> yeah. That would be what they need to do. Only they need to be they need to have a better player than than him <laughs> uh yeah. going into that. So, uh definitely something to consider there. Um all right, let's pull up this question from Tom. Tom Vallejo says, what players do you think played their last game here in Pittsburgh this year? Um Daniel, anybody maybe a couple of players that come to mind that you think are not coming back, whether uh it's somebody that could be traded, somebody that could be cut or a free agent that's definitely
1: not coming back. I don't think Mitch Trubisky's coming back.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> that's <one>. the big <laughs> one. Uh,
1: two score for, you know, Yep. made. It sounds like he's, he's one of those that's going to be a, a hostage if he stays. You know what I mean? So yep. I think he's going to find his way out. Um, on the defensive side, I think that you're looking at, well, I mean, I think that. You know, Quan Alexander's not going to come back. I don't think no. any yeah. of the other guys that were signed afterwards uh, either Levi Wallace, I don't think he'll be back. Yep. Um, I don't think Casey'll be back either. I mean, he might be. is he is he on contract for next year?
0: He is. um he's he's got one year left. It wouldn't save him a ton of money to cut him, but they could cut him and free up a free up a roster spot for somebody younger, probably.
1: All right. Well, I'm not sure if he's a guy that makes the 53. I don't think he'll get cut before then. I think he might be a guy that goes to training camp. If they get somebody in the draft, they'll probably, you know, go away from him. Yeah, um, yeah about it. I, I think that for the most part – well, on the, yeah. Uh, well, Alan Robinson, I don't yes. think he's going to be back. He's going to get cut. That's, That's what, what I was not him. Say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what about yeah, you, Alan what, what Robinson?
0: You um, I was going to say – you know Patrick Peterson. I think there's a chance that he might get cut at, at the mm-hmm. price he's gonna. I think he's nine million against the cap this this next year, and so they might ask him to take a pay cut or or say thanks for teaching Joey how to be a professional corner. Uh, we don't need you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know yeah. that could be the case as well. So, but most of the guys you mentioned are the guys I would I would expect. Uh, there's a chance they they could move Deontay Johnson this off season, but I mean. You know, Mike Tomlin's loyal to his guys too. And I think that they like to let players play out their contracts. So um they'd have to get blown away by an offer. Um, you know, they'd have to get somebody desperate for a wide receiver that's willing to give them a, a big uh, a nice pick or or a couple picks or something like that, um, for DJ. But he's a guy that could be moved with some of the uh things that went down this year, but you, you start getting into, okay, they're going to cut Allen Robinson. That's probably a guarantee. You start moving too many guys and, and you have zero continuity coming back for a position group that has lacked some uh, continuity and stability anyway. So maybe that's a good thing. Maybe it's a bad thing. Uh, the Steelers will have to make that choice, but I think that those are, are kind of the, the big deals there um, at players. I think we, we've mentioned most of the guys who, who won't be back. Um, you know, I, I really do think that the Steelers biggest needs right now, um, reside on the offensive line. Uh, if you're looking at that side of the ball outside of quarterback. So they definitely need a tackle, right? Um, a, another tackle to bookend with, um, with Broderick Jones, wherever he ends up playing, I, I would hope that they would move him back to the left side, uh, and let him beat be the the starting guy there uh, all off season and then draft somebody or bring somebody in to play right tackle that would be my preference um but you know it's it's a Steelers team that it they, they do have a lot of holes um but everybody's going to have a lot of holes right now and there's going to be a lot of changes a, a lot of players that we didn't think would be released that are going to be released and become free agents um a lot of of players that aren't going to get signed to big contracts like they want to. And they're going to come cheaper at the end of free agency. There's, there's a lot of those types of variables that come into play. So the Steelers have routes to uh, add enough players and enough talent to be good uh, this next year. So uh, we will see how it all plays out, um, Daniel, but uh, I appreciate you coming on the show, man. It's been a lot of fun. Appreciate the, the comment section being busy tonight and giving us a lot of good questions to answer a lot of things to talk about. Uh, Daniel, why don't you go ahead and pitch anything that you are working on right now, um, uh, the podcast, the uh, any, if you're doing any writing, whatever you're doing, man, go ahead and, and plug it here while you're on the show.
1: Appreciate that. Thank you so much. So on the audio side only for Steel Current Network, I do a Friday show called State of the Steelers. It airs around noonish. Uh, go check that out. Um, during the season, it's a little bit of a preview show. It's on the audio side only, so you can only check it out there. Get it wherever you get your podcast. Just look up Steel Curtain Network and State of the Steelers. And here on YouTube, you'll see me again tomorrow night here on Steel Curtain Network with Shannon White on The Hangover. Um, we're going to be talking a-, probably a lot about the same topics that we're talking about now, talking about you know how this championship weekend went and how the Steelers compare to those teams
0: awesome man and great stuff as always anytime i get a chance to listen to your stuff i really enjoy it so uh Appreciate great work it. as always thank you for coming on the show and thank you to all the listeners who are in here uh listening live if you missed it you can obviously check it out on audio but when you're doing that just know that you can come check us out live on youtube around 8 30 every sunday uh night for the rest of the off season here unless otherwise notified and we will notify you if the schedule changes at all for breaking news or anything along those lines. Uh, That's going to do it for us here on the Steelers Q&A. We'll see you next time. Have a great week ahead.